And hello and welcome everyone back to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd me. We're back again, Matt, after an impromptu uh, week off last week. Sorry about that. These things happen. But you know what? It's not too bad because now that we're back, we actually got all sorts of stuff to cover. I also just seen, too, that Matt is having to fix his camera a little bit there. It was pointed at the ceiling for a minute. I put it up while I was dealing with something else, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-oh, it happens. Hey, now everyone sees what Matt's ceiling looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's white. It's a special behind-the-scenes episode, everyone, <laughs> where we're just showing our ceilings. We're taking podcasting into a bold, innovative new direction where we just show our ceilings. <laughs> Oh, man, you see that new episode of Comic Multiverse, man? They're going hard on ceilings, man. Ceilings out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all the best ceiling action you could ask for. <laughs> uh, but yes, everyone, we're back again, and it's probably a good thing we took a week off because a lot of big happenings, a lot of big going-ons uh, in the nerd space and the comic book movie space. Yes, yes, a lot of it. And we're going to be covering all of them, but of course, you know, it wouldn't be an episode of the Comic Multiverse if I didn't take this opportunity to, you know, reconvene uh, with my co-host there. Uh, how have you been, Matt? How have you been doing? How have you been keeping? Yeah, I've not not been too bad. Not been too bad. Been working, working hard, trying to... You've been streaming. I've been streaming, yeah. I've been streaming uh, Gotham Knights, a game that everyone decided they were going to hate before it came out. It came out, turns out it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a, it's a solid seven game, which to yeah. some people means it's a zero out of ten. Yeah, it's funny, you know, to see, you know, people were so hyped for that game when it came out and all the big websites and everyone was kind of shilling for it and talking about it and everything. And then when I woke up and saw like, oh, IGN gave this a five. Oh, holy shit. That's you never see that happen because usually, you know, IGN's the place that always calls it down the middle no matter what. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's really good game. I really like it. The problem is, yeah, no matter what it was going to be, it was always going to get compared to the Arkham games, no matter what. Right. I know I was in no particular rush to get it because I did think it looked a little slow and a little clunky. But the things you've told me about it actually make me more excited because you say there's actually a ton of really good, uh, like, geeky comic references yes. in the emails and stuff. Oh, man, yeah. That, like, it's so much better than it's, it's done in Arkham. Uh, right. There's, like, li like <clears throat> literally clark kent emailing dick grayson because he's looking after bloodhaven for dick while he's dealing oh, with this cool. shit in gotham there's like photos of tim and connor and the titans oh. and all this all this really cool stuff in like their little hideout about hints about like their past missions and everything mm. and yeah see that's the stuff that sells me on it not the hundred <clears throat> costumes that's something mm. that's going to make me pick it up again probably not right away <laughs> but i will definitely pick it up you know when it comes down in price i uh, see i got the collector's edition so i got uh... like the cool statue that comes with all, all four of the characters on it and everything i i will say this about the costumes there are some genuinely great ones in there mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. there's some real over-designed oh in fuck there yeah oh, there's heat it's it's the same thing that arkham had where it's like oh we'll take the batman beyond costume and just over design it to fuck there's beyond yeah. costumes in this and they're over designed to fuck as well that got me the thing that got me is that a couple characters have suits that are called year one and mm. i'm like those aren't their year one costumes we know no. what their year one costumes are and that isn't it for like dick grace it's like a shirt and <clears throat> yeah. like a harness and everything i'm like uh-uh if it was really his year one costume it should be the big dumb yeah. disco collar what do you mean the big dumb disco collar isn't in the game <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's meant to be like year one of like this universe i guess 
same with Batgirl, where it's like, oh, it's her year one costume. She's clearly just wearing Riot gear. And I'm like, uh, 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 her year one costume actually looks like this because reasons. They they did work in costumes that looked like the Thrill Kill universe costumes. And I'm like, all right, that's a pretty good deep cut. <laughs> I appreciate it. Even even freaking Red Hood got like, oh, here's his black leather jacket from here when he first appeared. Here's his dumb brown hoodie mm-hmm. from the Scott Lobdell years. He's got it all, really. Yeah, yeah. And then they also look like pirates, and everyone yeah. gets their own Talon costume, which I must say, the Talon costume's pretty good. Yeah, they they are pretty good. They are pretty good. <laughs> Though, again, if I may be a total nerd lord for a second here, um, Dick Grayson actually did have a potential uh, Talon costume, and that's not how it looked like. If you look at the <laughs> Kyle Higgins version, you will clearly see that was the first time we saw one of them in a costume. That's the one thing the game hasn't <clears throat> really done. Yeah, I'm a little bit into the story, but like... Yeah, they haven't really tied in how, like, Dick is sort of, like, tied into the court yeah, or anything. He's not really tied in all that much to it in the story. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Court of Owls has had a really big week because there was that game, and then I know you don't watch wrestling, but there's a guy uh, you may have heard of, Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. who has, like, a bunch of spooky cult leader bullshit he's always doing. And he had a, a new character he debuted a couple years back called The Fiend, mm-hmm. which is literally just face cut off Joker. Oh, okay. He literally just did face cut off Joker on national TV for a couple years. I'm like, ah, because people aren't comic fans. They're not going to know that he's actually dangerously close to like copyright infringement. (laughs) Uh, He's doing like a new creepy cult gimmick right now where it's like, ooh, shaky Blair Witch uh, camera footage there showing all these creepy evil masks. And one of them is just the Court of Owls mask, like the (laughs) one they gave out at the convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that Scott Snyder panel, and I'm like, oh, you big nerd, you big nerd, Bray Wyatt. Oh, uh, that's cool. That's cool. I can tell. It's very cool because you know, like most wrestling fans who were there in attendance probably didn't catch it, but he's like, oh, he's putting in references for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, he also had a "Don't hug me, I'm scared" gimmick for a bit too. Oh, okay, cool. Where he played like an evil Mister Rogers TV yeah. show host with a bunch of creepy puppets, and I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's pretty hip and plugged in, isn't he? That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Ch- check it out if you if you, even if you're not a wrestling fan, everyone. If that sounds cool to you, check it out because it's all on YouTube. Uh, I also had a week filled with gaming. I finally got my Ein Odin handheld super Chinese emulator with the Ooh, Snapdragon nice. processor and everything. Mm. It's it's taken a lot to learn and put together. I had to actually figure out how to use SD cards and everything for the first time because I've never had to before. Yeah, oh, you gotta load the games onto the SD, the ROMs and shit? Uh, you can. It's a good way to maximize space on it because I think this has like 256 megabytes but i got a card that also had 256 it plays everything from ps1 to game boy to ds to gamecube it even plays wii stuff because there's a built-in tilt in it yeah nice i i haven't figured out how to make that really work yet but it's fucking amazing and i'm going back through all like the old uh catalogs of shit you can't get anymore psp had a huge uh catalog of games and they all play excellently on this oh that's good to hear yeah, I got my Bloody Roars and my Silent Hills and my original Grand Thefts with the soundtracks you can't get anymore. Nice, nice. All, all the stuff that you can't have and all the stuff that you're justified in, uh, what is it, you know, going to the gray market for because they'll technically never be able to release them again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
your Marvel Ultimate Alliances. Ooh, nice, yes. Those sorts of things. They all play wonderfully on this. It's funny, too, going back through gaming history and being like, oh, you know, what what holds up and what doesn't and what's weird? I played Symphony of the Night for the first time in, like, 20 years. Oh, yeah? Man, is that weird going back to, to that PS1 era of, like, oh, we were just figuring out what 3D gaming was at was... the time, huh? Yeah, yeah. This thing is hard as fuck, and there's rarely any saves around. <laughs> also, too, you know, to go back and play the PSP and everything and be like, oh, yeah, you can't move the camera because they never quite figured that out on the PSP. Proper no. camera control. No, they didn't. No. Uh, going back to a bunch of racing games I never played before because I was never a racing guy, but I appreciate it now that I'm older. You know, Need for Speed, Most Wanted and everything. Mm-hmm. Also, hey, they, they got some crazy Japanese stuff that never made it stateside that a lot of people, like, did really extensive fan translations for. Ooh, that's cool. I, I like it when they do that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, like, there's a, there's a Digimon game there, Digimon World Redigitized, which is, like, a sequel to the PS1 game that okay. never officially got released in North America, and there is just a perfect fan sub that someone made. Nice, that's awesome. It's great, too. I got The Suffering. I got Punisher, uh, which plays really well. The Thomas Jane Punisher game, which is a real lost gem. Yes, yes, it is. All the Dead to Rights games that I never played. They made, like, four goddamn Dead to Rights games. And then really? nothing. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, Dead to Rights 1, Dead to Rights 2, Dead to Rights on the Game Boy, Dead to Rights Retribution on the PSP, and then that PS3 Dead to Rights Retribution game that I don't think anyone ever ended up liking and that it kind of killed the franchise. It was kind of like the Pepsi to Max Payne's Coke. I was going to say, I, like, I only knew about the first one, and I thought that's all it was, like a one and done. Oh, they made a lot of them. Yes, ah. Jane, you're right. I should play Killer7 because I never played it, and apparently this mm. version is the good version. Yeah, you should definitely play that game. I should play that. I could make my way through Metal Gear again, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I could actually play the GameCube one because that yes, game the, is like $600. The Twin Snakes one, which is just the remake, yeah. Though here's a funny thing. I really learned that I'm a freaking Nintendo kid because one of the problems is for every game you play, you got to map the controller scheme to it. Mm-hmm. I never grew up with a Nintendo, so when the time came to map the Z key, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. the Z button? Yeah, where the fuck there's, do I put it? <laughs> there's a Z button, and I'm like, it's like I'm learning a whole new language. That's what that, like, the, what? Trigger was, the trigger was on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it was the thing. I, I was playing a couple of the James Bond games there, because there were some excellent James Bond games. Everything or Nothing from Russia with yes. Love. Yes. And when it came time to take cover, Z button, I'm like, what the hell is a Z button? <laughs> But yeah, it's wonderful. I, I do want to play Mad World, Tevye. Again, I'm still trying to figure out how to get the Wii emulation to work because that was one of the games where you needed a nunchuck. I can imagine that would be very hard to do, yeah. Apparently you can trick it. Apparently there's a way you can do it. I haven't figured it out yet. And some people have even said, look, if you actually get a controller because it's got the proper port, oh, okay. you can plug in a controller to it. Oh, that's cool. So I might end up doing that. Yes, Jane, Yakuza 1 on the PS2 that I actually played back in the day, the only Yakuza game with an English dub. <laughs> it's fucking wild. Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy for hundreds of years, plays uh, Date, plays your detective buddy in that game. Oh, that's cool. And he doesn't change his voice that much. Hey, Kiryu, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I'm Japanese. <laughs> Hayuk? Oh, damn it. Sorry. <laughs> can't uh can't break that one but yeah that's that's what my week has been trying to put that together i'm having so much fun with that device it was so worth going to the kind of shady 
uh, Chinese outlet to get that. <laughs> I was I was sweating when I was putting in my credit card information. Where I'm like, look, you 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 guys aren't totally gonna wipe me out, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, just gonna leave a little bit behind. Yeah. Just gonna leave a little bit behind, right? You're, you're not gonna completely wipe me out because this <laughs> looks cool as fuck to the point where it almost seems too good to be true. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that was my week. And like I said, everyone, we got a ton of news this week. But before we do, uh, once again, I wanted to update you on our continued sponsor for the comic multiverse for this month, Blacktooth Battalion. Yes, that's right, everyone. Omari Malik actually came back and wanted to keep working with us for oh, his Kickstarter lovely. project. There are 17 days left to go. Uh, to back this uh, very special collection, this anthology pack of three stories. The goal was 6K. He's at 5K right now with Ooh. 17 days left to go. Nice. Let's get him over the line. I know. We are so freaking close right now. I felt bad we couldn't do the show last week because, you know, we really have gotten an invested interest in this project because it's cool. Omari's a cool guy, and I would really like to see this become something because I think all of these things, Ad Astra, Snakebite, Dogpile, I think these are really cool ideas for stories, and I think all of these could actually become the next big indie sensation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I will be linking everyone down in the description. It's Saturday night as we do this. The show usually goes up again Wednesday. So get on that. I know some of you already have, and that makes me feel really nice knowing that some of you have already uh, kicked some money to this project's way because I think this can be a great comic multiverse success story for everyone if we can make it happen. Yeah. <clears throat> so get on that, everyone. And uh, I guess with that out of the way, we can hop into the news segment of the show. It's the news, Matt. Yeah. And a lot of shit happened this week and last week. Holy shit. <laughs> Did it ever. <laughs> I know. Like, th there's weeks when you and I complain where it's like, what the fuck do we even do the show anymore? There's no news to talk about. We're just bullshitting. The algorithm is fucking us. What do we even do? And then we get weeks like this where it's like, all right, yes, this justifies discussion. This justifies doing a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, the first big story here is we actually got an early Christmas gift, Matt. We got the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy, the yeah, well, Christmas special. We got that, and we got the, the Ant-Man trailer as well, yeah. That's right, we got the Ant-Man trailer. Okay, let's talk Christmas Guardians first, then we'll go to Ant-Man. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So this is another Marvel special presentation, which we have only had one so far in Werewolf by Night, but already I think they have set... Uh, what is it, the bar super high in what these things can be. Yeah, and I, I think with the success of Werewolf by Night and no doubt the success of the Guardians one, we'll be mm -hmm. seeing a lot more of them. And this is this is a great way, way as well to introduce lesser-known characters. You give them yes. like a special 50-minute presentation. You don't It means you don't have to give them a series or don't mm -hmm. have to give them a movie. It's that right in between. Yeah. yeah, much much like every comic character doesn't need their own ongoing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can make a great miniseries, and sometimes you can make a great one-shot, and yep. I think this is going to serve as a great one-shot. What I was not expecting is, you know, when you think Guardians Christmas special, ah, they're going to be fucking around, ah, you know, they're going to be tongue-in-cheek about it, I bet it's not going to be that mm. much of, like, a continuation, but no, they're really setting this up as, like, a serious continuation from, like, Guardians and the last Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, well, I think James Gunn has said that it's like a transition sort of mm. thing because it's yeah it's going to transition into uh guardians of the galaxy 3 and i imagine we'll get teasers of what's going to be happening in that film as well yeah 
yeah, the, the general story here seems to be that Peter is super sad after losing Gamora, because mm-hmm. why wouldn't he be? Mm-hmm. It seems like they were ready to take things to the next level in their relationship. And because of that, Drax and Mantis have the genius idea to really, you know, make Peter's Earth holiday Christmas worthwhile by going to Earth and kidnapping Kevin Bacon. Kidnapping the real Kevin Bacon, yeah. The real Kevin. Not not the Kevin Bacon who we saw before. <laughs> this is the real guy, the actor Kevin Bacon. I'm like, oh my god he's getting to double dip holy shit (laughs) i love this i love this man so much and it looks it just looks fun gun looks to be having so much fun doing the whole christopher columbus thing and covering this in greens and reds and golds and everything yeah it it just yeah it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun just christmasing the fuck out of it i i can't wait for this when i looked at this i'm like man guardians is so goddamn good there's something just magical about this where even if it wasn't for the rest of the greater marvel cinematic universe i think these movies would be able to stand on their own and i just love we're getting more yeah and again like the guardians are like what helped like make marvel a bit bit like like it changed the mold and what like the mcu Very. was it, it opened up like space and like weird and wonderful shit can happen and and everything and it's, and it's really strange to think that like yeah back before the guardians came out in 2014 they were like unknowns Mine. you know might yeah. no one gave a shit about them I mean, they had had some really good runs with, you know, the <laughs> Landig and whatever <laughs> run, you know, War of Kings and all the cosmic yeah, yeah, events, yeah. But, but that was niche. Very it's niche, like it was, yeah. It was hard enough to get your friends just to read comic books, let alone read this, like, super in-depth cosmic shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now the Guardians got to be the hottest thing, and I think because of that, they weren't afraid to take, you know, uh, you know, they were, they were afraid, yeah. Sorry, they were brave enough to take more risks where it's like, look, you know, if we gave this mostly unknown comic property to someone as creative as Gunn and, you know, kind of let them have their freak flag fly, they made something truly, you know, wonderful and something that belongs to pop culture forever now. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And hey, don't worry about James Gunn, we'll be talking about him in a minute more. (laughs) But yeah, before that, we also had the Ant-Man trailer, which, oh... Oh man, the Ant Man trailer. Uh, talk about a series that's also the little series that could, because I always forget about Ant Man, and then you see a trailer like this, or he shows up in something, and you're like, oh yeah, I I love Paul Rudd. I think I love yeah, Ant Man. Paul Rudd's cool. Scott Scott Lang's an awesome character. Yeah. He's kind of this perfect everyman, isn't he? Like if yeah. Peter is like the every teen. Yeah, he really is as Scott this every man and this trailer really really kind of dives into that idea where it's him basically going back to life as normal after the final Avengers movie and he's kind of getting to you know uh you know kind of waft in the idea of being a hero and being something of a minor celebrity yeah yeah that, well people think he's Spider-Man but yeah people think he's Spider-Man which is funny because it's like oh yeah I guess the world forgot he was <clears throat> Spider-Man so I guess they can just think that Scott is Spider-Man now. yeah yeah and both bug themed villain uh heroes and everything how about that also talk about marvel getting great cameos getting the guy from i think you should leave now yeah yeah bringing back baskin robbins and him being a freaking employee of the century yeah yeah that's great you gotta love that that's very funny i love that weird jokes from the first ant-man keep coming back i know yeah yeah that the the guy um who is it greg turkenting yes yeah he he's, he gets to come back in every one of them which is great yeah 
it's you gotta love it. It's a lot of fun there. Also, I, I got a big whack of Fantastic Four off this one too because it's a mm. family adventure. It's Scott, his daughter, his girlfriend, his surrogate science dad, and his long lost wife going on an adventure into the quantum realm now, which is apparently even more than we thought it was from the last Ant Man movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like that you mentioned Fantastic Four because it makes me feel like oh yeah, this this whole this whole these whole, whole movies all being based around like Scott's family and everything, mm-hmm. they've been like a test bed for the Fantastic Four. It's like oh, how much weird shit can we do? Get away like, with the act, yeah. Because there's a lot of weird shit here. Because obviously, you know, we had seen the Quantum Realm in the other movies. They had referenced it. But here it's like, no, no, no. This is going to be a whole movie set in the Quantum Realm by the looks of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got some weird shit in there. We got a big guy with like a coil for a head. Is that a mindless one? I thought that was a mindless one. Yeah, I might be. Might be a mindless one. We got the whole Empire of Kang. He's got a whole big freaking city filled with warships and everything else, which is very much kind of what they did with the Maker in the Ultimate Universe. And that mm-hmm. is, I built an army outside of time so I can invade other shit. Yep, yep. Do you think a Molecule Man will be involved somehow? Oh, that'd be super cool. Yeah. I mean, they're building towards Secret Wars. So, yeah, they might as well <clears throat> build that up now. Jonathan Majors looks great in the costume, yes. sounds great as Kang for the second time. Yes, yes, and I just want to remind people that no, he's not blue. It's his armor that's blue. Mm. You know, it's okay that he's a black man because yeah. it's just it's just armor. It's fine. Calm down. Everyone <laughs> calm the fuck down. Please don't write an angry manifesto. Please do not attack any uh public figures with a hammer, please. <laughs> For the love of fuck. <laughs> Uh, BB Metalhead helping us out there. Ant-Man uh, thought he could get away with a trilogy fun, small-scale adventures. Time for some suffering. Yeah, I guess that's true. The first two were pretty damn small time. This is the biggest Ant-Man adventure that's not also Avengers. Yeah, and well, when you think about it, like he's he's going to be the first movie uh post uh, loki to deal with kang the, the big pe- bad guy. the big bad guy of this next phase yeah which is very interesting to make him be the one it also makes me think geez is everyone gonna make it back from this movie alive mm, i wonder yeah yeah oh no evangeline Lily <laughs> i was just about to say oh no she oh. wasn't vaccinated for molecule madness Viruses. or something yeah yeah. yeah yeah she got hit by a truck <laughs> how about that see not everyone's gonna get that joke there's like three levels of canadian politics jokes in that <laughs> but hey hey they have his daughter all suited up in a purple suit which mm-hmm. makes me think is she gonna be stinger or is she going right to stature i don't know i imagine stinger first up and then she'll well because i mean they've probably got to work up to her being able to like grow in size like how they did with yeah with, yeah. with scott how he couldn't do it straight away yeah also funny too the idea of it being not a small scale adventure but it is a very small scale adventure because they're in the quantum it's the biggest smallest adventure ever yeah yeah but yeah majors looks great man it, he's been having a great week for trailers because he had that and the creed 3 trailer creed, drop yeah. within like two weeks of each other yeah yeah it's gonna be the summer of jonathan majors just fucking up all your favorite heroes no, i'm fine with that i'm fine with I'm that i'm fine with that too God, did you see him in that Creed 3 trailer? He looks like a... Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's, like, made of fucking stone, yeah. He's massive. He looks like several brick shithouses all (laughs) Voltroned on top of each other. (laughs) He looks like he eats nothing but rage and shits nothing but violence. (laughs) 
And again, he's bringing that to Kang, too. That's See, that's where the real crossover is going to be. You see, Adonis Creed will need to cross on over to help the Avengers yeah, fight yeah. Kang. Yeah, through the, the quantum realm, yeah. Through the quantum realm, they'll all get together. That's what you didn't know. Uh, Damien, whatever the fuck his name is he's playing in Creed 3, is actually also a Kang variant. <laughs> you didn't know it, but he is. <laughs> that's the secret post-credit at the end of Creed 3. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna find out uh but yeah it, it looks really great it looks really cool it looks really expensive too it does yeah it looks like it's got a little bit of money behind it yeah they're throwing a lot into this ant-man thing which you gotta wonder you know most of these series don't go past a trilogy so you figure you know are they passing the baton to someone or are they hoping that if they do go out they go out with a bang on this one i wonder yeah well obviously his daughter's gonna be part of the new avengers I have to. I I would have to imagine they're gonna keep Scott around just because it's Paul Rudd, and yeah. he's, you know, he's he's a not, lovable elder statesman. Yeah, well, yeah, and he's not too old. You know, he's not. No. You know, he can still keep doing these films. You know, you would think so, right? Even if his daughter goes off to do Young Avengers or Avengers Two Point or whatever. Yeah, and I imagine they would. They'd want to keep him around because, like, technically, he's the one who did save the universe by like inventing the time travel sort of theory and everything and yeah a bit. yeah yeah but, you know you know he's humble about it he's he's not a dick about the whole thing yeah he's not a dick about it he's, he's not gonna rub everyone's face in the fact that he built the technology that saved everyone yeah although i do think a running plot theme in this new one is that he's like written a book like a biography oh fun yeah oh yeah didn't they make that joke in miss marvel actually that he had written a book and kamala was so. reading it i think so i love that that's connective tissue over all of these <laughs> things scott wrote a book <laughs> and it makes total sense he would as well <laughs> yeah really is it any good though is the question do people like the book or it's like that's eh, a little hackney that's a little amateurish they, they probably just don't believe any of it because it's fucking scott lang yeah oh yeah ant-man saved the universe <laughs> he's like literally the only hero who could get away with writing a book because no one would believe anything he said yeah 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 but yes, everyone, from big Marvel news to perhaps the biggest DC news in God, I don't even know how long right now. Yeah. Uh, word officially dropped this week. James Gunn. Yes, that James Gunn will be getting a brand new power position within Warner Brothers Discovery. He's now the new head of production for their superhero film division, their TV division, and I think their animation division, too. So that's three. Yeah, he's, he's looking after it all. Yeah, he, he got the keys to the kingdom, basically, which, man, for a dude like James Gunn, who was clearly through so much with that, like, astroturfing bullshit from, you know, right-wing fascists trying to, you know, like, kick him off his projects because he dared to say some shit about the Orange Menace and anything, to getting it all back and getting to do DC stuff to now basically being given this brand new position of power to you know but basically they're putting it all on him to be like hey man can you write this shit we think you can just a beautiful story yeah yeah and it, and it, it just also flies in the face of everyone who who who, who seem to think that like because 
uh, the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker came out in a pandemic and didn't yeah. get, you know, post pan uh, pre-pandemic numbers that it, it just a complete flop and everything that like oh yeah that that bugs you, the shit out of me i've been seeing yeah. that more and more and i'm like yeah but people liked it though is yeah. the thing people actually liked it and had it come out in theaters it would have done really good hell yeah. people are super psyched for peacemaker too people are yeah. super psyched for what might happen with suicide squad now yeah i'm really looking forward to it Again, quality, quality. Now, obviously, well, anything, you know, for James Gunn is great news and a beautiful story about a man who started out writing goddamn trashy trauma movies trauma to now movies, being yeah. the creative head of one of the major studios is just a beautiful fucking Rocky story in and of itself. I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm also a little afraid because it's like, yeah, all right, he's got this great new creative job still david zaslov running things and this man has shown that he could fuck up a pot of coffee that's true but i have to think that maybe gun has quite a bit of clout uh over so. there at the moment with like obviously his work at marvel as mm. well as like his work with the dc stuff at rare so i mean i'd I have to think he would have a fair bit of leeway you would hope so. You would hope that especially for a guy like him who's been fucked over the way he has <clears throat> in the past, he hammered out an ironclad contract, mm -hmm. and Zaslav seems to be like a lazy son of a bitch to be like, look, I gave it to you, it's your job now, hands off, but if you fail, I'll let you know, yeah. type thing. You would hope that that's the way they're doing it, but again, and, and call me a conspiracy theorist on this, and I'll fully admit I feel a little conspiracy theorish when I bring this up, the idea that perhaps Zaslav is doing such a bad job running the entertainment arm because he actively wants to devalue it so he can, like, you know, cut up the pieces of Warner Brothers and sell it off like a corporate raider, and that all mm -hmm. this stuff with gun and with henry cavill is like a, a highly elaborate pump and dump thing where it's like yes yes forget that we still owe 1.3 to 1.6 billion dollars even after everything i canceled and even after this merger concentrate on these things and you know let it generate a lot of hype so that i can sell off and cash out later <clears throat> i don't want to be a cynic but yeah i Same. think i think so <laughs> I want to be happy. So badly do I want to be happy about this, and under any circumstance, I would. I just don't fucking <laughs> trust this Zaslov guy. Yeah. This, tr this trashy fucking Barnum and Bailey goddamn reality TV shyster creating lost media <laughs> in front of our very eyes because he doesn't respect animation, canceling movies that are 90% done to take a tax write-off, you know, uh, frigging quieting the voices of women and people of color and everything else there. Now, the hope is, is that maybe, you know, Gunn can right the ship, right? You know, maybe he can turn some stuff around and, you know, pressure creates diamonds, art from adversity, that whole thing. In a perfect world, I hope that's what happens, but as time and time again we have seen, we do not live in a perfect perfect world yeah if anything dc at least now like it has someone in charge who, who yep. will come up with a plan indeed it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be a very very interesting next couple years mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of things like this and i really hope i hope i'm wrong but even if i am right about the zaslov thing and that he is just a fucking glorified corporate raider i hope that gun can get in get his money make some subversive art and use the fact that he is now the co-head of a major studio to parlay into his next big gig yeah yeah and yes as the chat said slimy don't forget slimy yes also slimy yes yes 
slimy and odious and a duty head probably <laughs> can confirm sources near the project tell me also a duty head <laughs> also too you know uh like creatively uh i mean you, you gotta really be excited about a dude like gun being in charge because this is a dude who apparently they offered superman not that long ago and mm -hmm. he said nah i'm not right for it yeah yeah he seems pretty humble about and knows like what he'll be able to handle and what he won't yeah. be able to handle yeah which i think has always been a major problem with the warner brothers dc slate of films mm -hmm. they just kind of give it to anyone for any reason yeah they give it to anyone for any reason and for some reason like again with certain certain filmmakers in the past they mm -hmm. they they give them like way too much power for some reason and then take it away also yeah yeah it's really strange Maybe this will maybe this will alleviate that. I mean, we can only hope now that there's like a freaking actual filmmaker in charge, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he won't promise the world and then let a fucking trailer house cut the goddamn movie. Mm, yeah. Or be like, no, we're not going with that title. That's a stupid title. <laughs> that would be nice. Again, we can only hope. It's going to be very interesting one way or another. And you got to think, too, on some level... You know, the people at Disney are probably kicking themselves a little bit, too, where it's like, damn, if we had just stuck by him the first time around, maybe he wouldn't have gone and dead. Well, he well, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been able to go make the Suicide Squad, <laughs> so he wouldn't have been able to head up what is essentially their competition. Well, to be fair as well, his his, his uh, contract with Disney was up after... And also uh, that. After Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I mean, they, they probably could have renewed it, but like maybe he wouldn't right. have and maybe he would have gone and done something else. It's true. It, we, we will never know. This now becomes one of the great what-ifs unknown scenarios within mm -hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, it does, yeah. But again, yeah, nothing but respect for Gunn there. Really interested to see what he puts together, and I hope the studio actually throws in behind him and isn't doing what they're doing now, where it's like, oh, we can only release two movies a year now because we owe so much money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, hey, speaking of that, uh, I didn't actually get to see Black Adam because my mom was sick, which is why we didn't have a show last week. You did, though. Yes, I did, and it's aggressively mediocre. Yeah, that's the thing, and all the reviews I read, I'm like, oh, so it's every bit the movie Matt and I thought it was going to be, huh? Yeah, yeah, the JSA are the best part. Dr. Fate is the best part of that film. Yeah, yeah The Rock is The Rock. As he always would be. Yeah, yeah. Though, interesting thing about The Rock, I know you and I talked about this off mic there. It's funny that uh, the movie opened to, like, something like 60 million which isn't much in this superhero age when, like, everything else opens to, like, 80 to 100 million. But everyone in the press is making a very concerted effort to be yeah. like, oh, it's the it's the biggest solo debut for The Rock ever. His biggest solo debut. Not like all those other movies where he's an ensemble piece. This is all him, and look how yeah. much money it made. Yeah. It made less than Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and even Aquaman. But he did so good, didn't he? Yeah, everyone's, like, trying their hardest to appease The Rock's ego with, yeah. like, very like caveat ridden like yep. this is the best rock film that released under a full moon on <laughs> in october of 2022 you know if if you ever needed a good example of how much power the rock actually wields in hollywood both as a star 
and as a co-financier and producer and everything else, I think the endless massaging of his ego that has come out after this should really let you know. And you're probably thinking, well, Joel, are you actually sitting here and telling me that Warner Brothers made these press guys say all this? No, they didn't have to because The Rock is good for Hollywood. He's one of the few last bankable stars like him and mm -hmm. fucking Tom Cruise. Yeah. And I think on some level they're all scared to be like, oh, no, he has other options. What if he wants to go back and do another WrestleMania? What if he wants to run for president, which he said he wasn't doing, which made me think he thought Black Adam would open bigger than it did. And yep. they're afraid that he might change his mind again and go back to run for president. So they really want to keep him in the Hollywood system as best they can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's just insane the amount of like stroking of his ego that that film has. Even yeah. like in the film, like the dialogue, yeah. all the dialogue was like, oh uh, cool he he's so fucking cool he's got a such a fucking big dick and <laughs> you know he, he does he kills people but like he's a hero he ain't afraid and, of nothing yeah uh, uh. that's that's another thing too that blew me away too in the reviews i read where it's like yeah it kind of doesn't have anything interesting to say about anti-heroes or anything and no. i'm like wow that's so weird coming from the studio that did the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and the Harley cartoon. I'm like, guys, the three best things you've made in live action, the last little bit that wasn't called Doom Patrol, were all stories about anti-heroes trying to learn to be better people. How did you blow it on this one? <laughs> yeah, the one that's like literally about, I guess, an anti-hero or more of a villain. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is? Again, it's it's a movie that he was attached to for 15 years. It sounds like they wrote the script and didn't that's, update it an iota. I, again, that's what I find so fucking funny about this. Uh, 15 years, and this this was the best you can come up with? Really? <laughs> we did 100 takes, and that was the best one. Oh, oh. Again, I'm going to see it. I'm just in no rush to see it. Yeah, yeah. And again, it'll be very interesting to see what becomes of this now that James Gunn is essentially in charge. And obviously they want to appease The Rock, as we've seen time and time again. How much does that appeasing look like? Do they do a Black Adam sequel? Do they do a JSA spinoff? Or it's just like, no, 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 Ro Rock is the villain in Shazam 3. Oh, he's not going to be a fucking villain in Shazam. They're gonna He's going to be fucking fighting Superman. Yeah. Because okay. that's, the, that's the thing The Rock is obsessed with. For some reason, even though, as we've mentioned time and time again, Superman has fought Black Adam, like, what, maybe twice? Uh, I could probably count on one hand all the times they have actually fought. Maybe you know even what, use only, like, half the fingers, you know? You know what, Matt? I think that's a video you need to make, the history of oh, all the times Superman It'd be a very Black short Adam. video. <laughs> it would be. You would need to be like, here, everyone, can you shut up about this now? Yeah, oh, God. And what and you can tell the man came from the world of wrestling because like what a wrestling idea that is where it's like look we need to smash Black Adam over as the new big monster heel tweener that all the little kids are gonna want to cheer for and buy their shirt and then he fights Superman and oh it's a big slam event and everything oh but does he get the W or doesn't he brother you'll have to find out well neither will get the win because it'll yeah. end like every fucking. <laughs> versus film ever where they they fight and then they team up and fight a bad guy yeah yeah, yeah. of course yeah which i'm fine with i mean it's a tried and true formula it works it just seems funny that they learn nothing from batman v superman and having yeah. you know building your entire story around just having two characters fight each other yeah and it's gonna again like if now that superman is back it's it's gonna be so fucked if that's like the next film he's in 
Yeah. It's like, oh, he's, he's again, second field to, the, to another character and probably barely gets to do anything. Again, here's hoping Gunn writes the ship and being like, look, you guys seem to just keep doing the same stuff over and over again and never learning from it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's Black Adam. Not the worst thing in the world is the chat is saying, hey, you know, it's fine enough if you go in knowing what it is, and at least it ain't Morbius. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's aggressively mediocre. It's got some kind of cool action and everything in it, but yeah. From what I understand. Shitty villain, shitty, yeah. like, everything else besides the JSA. Uh, another big evil demon, another big evil CGI demon. Yeah, fucking Sabak is completely wasted, yeah. yeah. You know why Savannah is still, like, the best live-action DC movie villain? Because he was a guy. Yeah, just a dude. He was a guy who had an understandable reason for why he was evil, and he was a cool reflection of the hero. Ah, we don't need any of that shit. Nah, big CGI monster fight. Yeah. Hell, I keep bringing it back. Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, I liked it more before Ares showed up. Yeah, that, yeah, it was a really good story, and then, yeah, it had the big fucking Zack Snyder ending. Oh, I don't like that movie is like, oh, wow, this is actually doing something complex and nuanced and interesting war. There is no Ares because war exists inside the heart of man. And it, it is it's human nature. Force. And yeah. Yeah. And how can a hero fight against human nature? Oh, no, here's fucking Ramus Lupin over here to put on a bunch <laughs> of armor and fight you. Oh, you were almost really smart there for a second movie. <laughs> <laughs> BB Metalhead helping us out again in the chat. BVS Black Adam versus Superman Dawn of Justice again. Yeah. Wow. It would be v BVS again. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. we're we're probably gonna be living in a world where we're gonna have to specify which BVS we're talking about. Uh this world, man, I tell ya. But yeah, <laughs> I'll see Black Adam, much like I will play Gotham Knight. I'm just in no rush to do either. Yeah, just wait for it to come on streaming. It sounds like it would be a very good streamer, and a lot of that just speaks to Hollywood right now, where it's like, you know what, I probably would have just enjoyed this more at home on my couch. Yeah, yeah. I could I could pause and make snacks and take a phone call and go for a piss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And hey, speaking of streaming shows, uh, The Vision, apparently Vision Quest, <clears throat> his new series is actually in active development right now. Yeah, made sense. Yeah, again, there was a lot left to be said with him at the end of uh, friggin' WandaVision, with him becoming White Vision and losing his memories and everything else, and now that Wanda herself is dead slash missing, it'll be very interesting to see what becomes of Vision in that world. Yeah, and, and Vision Quest obviously is a uh, comic, um... And I think and a it fun reference to an old TV show. Yes, and I think it featured Wonder Man. Oh, interesting. Which I know they were looking to do a show about, so maybe it's, it's probably going to be related to that. And makes sense, being the connection they both sort of have with one another. Yeah, yeah. How is that going to be? Because Wonder Man in the comics is obviously tied so closely to Vision because that's his brain scans. Are they yeah. are they maybe going to retcon it now to be like, oh, to become new Vision, to become Vision 3.0, they need uh, Simon's uh, head scans and everything. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool if Simon was played by Paul Bettany as well? <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yeah, I don't think it will because Simon's like a big fucking buff dude. Indeed. Yeah, and an actor and stuntman, but yeah, but I think that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I'd be very much okay with that. Because, hey, we saw the last time Paul Bettany acted next to Paul Bettany. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I keep wondering, there, it's like, man, you know, would they bring back Ultron to be a villain in something like this? And then I'm reminded mm -hmm. that apparently they did bring back Ultron for that cruise show movie with Ant-Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Ant-Man fought him uh, along with, like, Miss Marvel and Sam Wilson and Captain Marvel. It was pretty cool. 
it was cool. And like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that's such a good pitch, though. Like that could don't that could have been Ant Man three or four or everything, him fighting Ultron, and then you like actually work in the connection with him and Pym if you wanted to do that. I can't believe it does exist. It's just a cruise show. <laughs> Which goes to show you that the people doing right in the cruise show are big fucking nerds like us. If you worked on the cruise show in any capacity, hey, big thumbs up from us. I like your work. <laughs> also, can you count me some tickets, please? I'd love to go on The Wish, but I ain't going to fucking afford it in this lifetime. <laughs> if I sold a kidney, maybe. <laughs> I might be able to afford a trip on The Wish, but not now. <laughs> Also, I'm sure people are going to be like, Joel, haven't you always talked shit about cruise ships? Yes, but I'm a hypocrite, though. <laughs> How I'm, many times do I'm I... I'm a trashy tell... person as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm also, like, I make fun of trash and tastelessness, but I am also trash hinted. I can make fun of you because I am you. <laughs> I, I see in you the things I hate about myself. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, so Vision Quest could be fun. A lot of directions they could go in it. And like you said, it's just more Paul Bettany. Yeah, more Paul Bettany, which is always great. Which is always great, too. And man, what a what an interesting like character history he's had from the original Age of Ultron to the Avengers movies to WandaVision to now basically getting to headline his old own show, it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's it, all that uh all that waiting has paid off for him, I reckon. Yeah. Indeed. And again, it feels a lot like comic books, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And that's what I love about it. Now, speaking of shows and active development, too, that Green Lantern show on HBO Max, we didn't hear a lot about it. And with everything that was going on at HBO Max, all the downsizing, all the, you know, canceling stuff for tax write-offs, we were really, really worried about it. It was supposed to be an anthology show, but apparently now it's being reworked. I don't know if this had anything to do with Gunn's new position of power or if this is something they were doing anyway. It's actually being reworked from an anthology show to more of a serialized show focusing on Jon Stewart as the Green Lantern. Which I think is... Like, I think it's the wrong decision. Yeah, because I like we've been down this road before with Green Lantern, and I, I know this is like a personal taste thing, and not everyone's going to agree with me on this one. I love John, but the Green Lantern core themselves is the cool selling yeah. point. It's yeah. like there's a bunch of different ants. I'm not saying John shouldn't be in it. I'm not even saying he shouldn't be a focus. Yeah, point, it should let's... be multiple because it's, it's not just one person. Yeah, let's get a fucking episode about Chip and the alien princess and Mogo and all this other stuff. That's what I think has made the Green Lantern franchise endure as long as it has, because it's this big, huge universe where we're forever focusing on one small part of it. It's the Star Wars problem. It's why do yeah. we keep going back to the Skywalker family when the universe is massive? That's why, why I really like the original premise of the show, because it was going to be an anthology show mm -hmm. starting with Alan Scott in the 40s and going yeah. all the way to the present, which would have been a really great way to help build out Honoring your new DC universe as well. Yeah, honor the whole history yeah. of thing not just a small part of it hell uh star girl honors the whole history of the dc universe yeah. really well i just finished that big infinity inc two-parter tonight oh nice nice it's good shit isn't it it's really good it's really fucking good fucking keith david is mr bones man yeah, More of so, that. that's so fucking good uh my cyanide touch it kills everything including my mother i'm like you're so fucking cool keith david <laughs> i could just listen to you talk as a skeleton forever <laughs> And the big reveal that uh, the Helix Institute and Bones weren't actually the bad guys of this season. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, how about that? Which means that there's another bad guy. Who do you think the secret bad guy of Stargirl this season is? I had a theory. Who is it? Uh, it's Mentolo's son. 
or not Mentolo. It's uh, the the mine guy. It, yeah. Uh, 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 oh fuck. Brain. His, uh, yeah. Brain. Yeah. Uh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Brainwave. Brainwave. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, it has kind of has to be like a son of someone, just because like that keeps the theme going yeah, throughout the show. They, yeah. And they keep showing the sewers, and Brainwave mm -hmm. Junior died in the sewers, saving yep. everyone else. Yep. Yep. And also because Brainwave Junior was a member of Infinity Inc. Yeah, back in the day. Do you reckon it'll be Brainwave Junior, but like his father has like taken control of him? It's got like or a new new body like or something. Yeah. Because they keep bringing that up. They're like Yolanda, like can never be free of the things she did because <clears throat> she killed Brainwave Senior and she loved the son and everything. Also, they brought it up before that he's technically related to Pemberton Brainwave Junior. That's his nephew. Yes. And I'm like, oh, why would they bring that up if that wasn't going to be important? He's like, oh, I had a nephew I never met. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, interesting that you brought it up that way, Joel McHale. Mm. Joel McHale is fucking great in Stargirl Season 3, by the way. He really is, too. Usually usually I find him quite insufferable as an actor, but like, I really love him as Sylvester. And he's kind of supposed to be insufferable here, because it's like, I've got 1940s movie star good looks, but my parents were shitty, and I'm bad to everyone around me, even when I don't know it. <laughs> Because this is just how I was raised. <laughs> it's it's kind of the perfect role for him, actually. <laughs> I, I feel like he's not acting in that moment. He's just being Joel McHale. <laughs> and they just let the camera roll on him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I think. Uh, he, he's really good in that. And also the fact that because it's a mystery this season, they kind of want you to think he's the bad guy. Or yeah. could be. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's a fun one. Stargirl season three. Watch it before you can't, because <laughs> this is probably they haven't said it, but I'm like ninety percent sure this is going to be the last season. I think yeah, I think it will. Oh, well, aren't they filming? Like, isn't there another season? Because aren't they filming like a Titans crossover? They're filming a crossover, but I don't know where they're going to put that. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to be a Titans episode because like um the photos I saw, like Jeff Johns and everyone was on set. That was. That are like the showrunners of of Stargirl. Well, maybe it's already done, but they could just share the pictures then. Yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. And maybe they felt the need to share the pictures because they weren't getting any fucking promotion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even know the show had come back for a while, yeah. I know, isn't that the worst? Much like Doom Patrol, someone shared with me a horrifying statistic where it's like, here's the trailer for season three of Doom Patrol, here's how many views it got, and here's the new trailer for season four that just came out. It got like 6,000 views, the new oof, trailer. Oof. And I'm like, I have goddamn videos on my channel that got more views than that. That's horrifying. Oof. And, and the thing that could kill it is the same thing that kills comics, where it's like people either A, already thought it was canceled, or B, heard that it was going to get canceled, and because of that, didn't watch the new one. Yeah, I heard that it's going to get canceled from people who aren't informed at all about this and yeah. just assume that, yeah, just assume it's canceled, yeah. Such a, such a killer. Kali Frederick helping us out. I loved Pantheon in its finale. Hope a season two happens. Ah, I have great news for you, Kali, uh, because I'm actually working on a writing project with Johnny Two Cellos, who is an animation YouTuber. Me and him both love the show. Uh, we got in contact with some, uh, what is it, storyboard artists from Pantheon. Uh, they are getting a season two. They got bought as like a two-season package, because that's kind of like how Netflix does it for their seasons and everything now. Apparently, they're already done storyboarding season two, so good fucking news. They are getting a season two. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, but also evangelize the show and tell everyone to watch it because it's on, like, AMC+, Plus, so I don't think enough people are watching it. 
Have you seen it, Matt? Have you seen? I've seen. I saw the saw the first two episodes. Yeah. Fucking slaps, and it only gets better. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's pretty fuck. If you love Westworld, if you love cyberpunk, if you love that good hard science fiction. Yeah. Then you'll love this. What I love about Pantheon is that it's a show about like computers and the internet, but like the shit actually makes sense and is accurate. Yeah. You hear real USB sounds. You hear like real server upkeep, like real typing sounds and everything. Yeah, it's not just someone like slamming a keyboard and um, I'm in in the mainframe and hack the planet. Yeah, yeah. It's not afraid to let internet stuff be like super boring. And I like that about it. It's like, no, this is this is what the internet's like, man. Yeah. Chad also saying, did you guys see the Doctor Who will be streaming on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That last episode was freaking awesome. I have not kept up on Doctor Who since the end of the Tenet years. I'm like a million years behind on it, but I know people were freaking loving uh, that goddamn David Tennant came back. <laughs> yeah, David Tennant came back, and then we're getting like the new guy in the net. In net, we have to wait a full fucking year. Mm. till the next because this last episode was only a special the last three episodes of uh jodie whittaker's run were like specials right huh interesting but yeah yeah well I, i've got time to catch up on all of matt smith and all of capaldi and all of whittaker oh, yeah, yeah. If i want to be up to date oh yeah oh yeah I, I, I can watch all that in a year right <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah sure also, yeah, as we're catching up on older stuff now. Yeah, uh, we meant to talk about this when we talked about the Superman thing. But, yeah, so Cavill looks to be back in the saddle of Superman. Looks like they're going full steam ahead on new projects. And we know they are because it was also announced today that he's actually backing out of Witcher Season 4 and they're replacing it with Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did check because I saw it was it was under Discussing Films. Twitter and I had to check just because the discussing film, there's a parody account of discussing films. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, very, I'm like, this has to be close. a fuck on. This has to be like, it's like, come on, that's very specific. It feels like a joke we would yeah. make, right? They replace it with uh, Liam Hemsworth. He's everyone's favorite Hemsworth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a weird choice to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what he looks like, just because, like, in my head, Liam is like a much smaller man. Yes. Um, well, if anything, he'll be a bit more, uh, like book accurate. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Cause, uh, that Geralt is, you know, more, more ninja ish. He, he's more, he's more, uh, wiry and yeah, very lean and everything. Not like this massive guy who has to like go sideways through doors like Cavill was. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so, so this was really surprising to people, me especially, cause you know, I hadn't been keeping up with the Witcher. I, it was one of those things I kept meaning to watch. I haven't watched Severance either. There's a bunch of shows I need to actually watch. And the thing with that is I'm like, wow, they must re- – The Rock and his manager, who make no mistake, they are the ones who brought Cavill back to the Superman role. He can say the fans. He can say whoever he wants. But it was his fucking friend and manager who told him yeah. to do the thing. And I'm like, geez, they must really have promised him the sun and the stars to back out of a comfy multi-season streaming gig. Yeah. Well, as well, I know like – um cavill while doing witcher he got hurt quite a fair few times did he oh did he do his own stunts and shit he's done he done a lot of his own stunts there was some stuff with doubles but they used it more so like the last one he did he like he like broke his hamstring and then almost like ripped off the bone uh, yeah, I mean, it was a stunt. very physical, demanding performance from yeah. just what little of it I saw. Yeah, so that could also be a factor of like, okay, I don't really want to put my body through this, mm, you know. I'm getting for older. A, for another and then, yeah, then obviously, like, maybe Superman came back up and like, right, yep, I'm going into it. I've been promised, 
again like you said like what did he get promised maybe he got promised like control or like producer maybe. credits or something you know maybe i mean the rock gets <clears throat> executive producer credits on everything he does and yeah. like i said they have the same manager yeah maybe he gets to like choose the writer or something or choose a, like have say in who directs it and something yeah maybe and i mean i'm sure on some level too a guy <clears throat> like that who we know is a nerd himself mm -hmm. is probably like i maybe i wasn't happy with you know how that superman movie was remembered i don't want to go down in history as the worst movie superman well he he has he has gone on record uh in the days since being announced that he's going to come back as a joyful happy superman I did see that, you know, maybe this is, you know, more of a legacy thing where it's like, look, I want to try and put it right. And as no more than two people were quick to tell us, Matt, and I know we want to set the record straight on this one, even just from a cultural fandom point of view, people were quick to say, like, oh, you know, he was unhappy on The Witcher show because, you know, the people writing it weren't fans. That's such like a bullshit, like, excuse. And I heard it twice from two different people. Yeah yeah fucking Which, just because you're a true fan doesn't mean you're the best person to be writing this sort of stuff like i'm a really big superman fan i would mm -hmm. never fucking write a superman film or direct it I'm, mm -hmm. I'm way too involved invested in that character to do that yep yep ditto me with green arrow i would get all in my <clears throat> head i would get in the weeds i would write a terrible green arrow story yeah yeah, yeah. because i love it too much and uh, you, you had mentioned before uh gilroy and andor he wasn't really a yeah. fan of star wars apparently and he's done maybe one of the most interesting star wars things yeah. ever yeah tony Gilroy, he's gone on record to say i wasn't interested in star wars never really was and yeah he, he did rogue one and he did Andor, and they're two of like the best star wars things to ever come out of this new uh disney era it's a weird bit of fan entitlement we see all the time there where it's like no only people like me can yeah. write on these things yeah let's not forget for a fact that like geek media is the biggest goddamn thing in the world right now you've already won but it's like no i need more yeah and, and as well like with something like the witcher that's not exactly something easy that's well that's easy to translate to to screen especially like those first couple of books which like the first season does really well with the time jumps and time skips and and everything you've got to try and wrangle that into like a visual media which is very hard yeah, for sure uh Kali frederick helping us again strange the variant strange academy have been my top books of this week love clea and strange relationships how she stays around when he's revived yeah i'm loving the variants too actually i just read that before we started i haven't read any of those books it's a well, it variance is a mini so it'll be done soon it's gail mm -hmm. simone writing the next chapter of jessica jones yeah 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 it's funny it's dark there's an amazing cameo in this week's issue oh nice basically it's like ah oh, no the purple man's in my head fucking with me what do i do i know i'm gonna call luke have him call wolverine and have wolverine call professor fucking x to get inside my head and beat the shit out of the ghost of purple man <laughs> oh xavier's so good and that's like oh purple man you like to mess with people's minds huh you think you're a real master of the mental arts well fuck you son <laughs> You're a goddamn cockroach to me, bitch. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised Xavier did that. I, I was, I, uh, I, 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 I'd, I'd be the first thing I would have would have asked is like, okay, what does he want in return? In return 
I bet Wolverine's like, ah, I know exactly what to say to Chuck. Yeah, there's this purple man who says he's a better psychic guy than you are. <laughs> is he? Is he? Now nah, he uses pheromones he, and shit. Oh, well, yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah, he knows about some secret you're trying to keep from the world. You've got to stop him, you know. <laughs> Logan, get my coat. <laughs> I'm going there. Where's this guy who was talking all of that good shit before? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice to see Xavier use his psychic powers for, like, good and not want anything in return over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I'm beating you up because this was the right thing to do. <laughs> hey, I can still be a hero sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the variance is great, everyone. Go read the variance if you have. In fact, uh, the next issue is the last one. Nice. Uh, we're still working our way through news, too, actually. So Vision Ooh. Quest, the Green Lantern show. Uh, oh, the big new rumor, too, for the Marvel movies is, uh, is Harrison Ford uh joining the cast now to play thunderbolt ross i'm Probably. pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's confirmed now okay is it confirmed it wasn't I'm, confirmed when I, i'm pretty it sure it was announced by deadline and they're they're you know a reputable source you know yeah i'm down for it yeah i'm yeah fine i, I, I i'm honestly surprised he is up for it <laughs> I know, I'm shocked he would want to do it because it seems like he doesn't really like any of the big series he's involved in. Yeah, well, may maybe they said, hey, you just got to appear in these couple of films and then the rest is just CGI, CGI. and just like, well, well, you know... You we'll can call it in. Give you a huge bag of weed and you can just like <laughs> like zoom in your, your voiceover, yeah. That's what it sounded like. All you got to do is grow this mustache and we will pay you in weed and snacks. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I can do it. Can you be gruff? Can I be gruff? <laughs> <laughs> also, you got to think, where are we going to see Thunderbolt Ross next? Will it be in that next Hulk project? Maybe. I'm trying will to think. Be, will it be in the Thunderbolts movie that they're still kind of developing right now? Yeah. That's what the real question becomes. Where are we going to see him again? Yeah, I I would have I would have assumed I I know probably not, but I would assume we would have seen him in like Wakanda Forever or something. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah. could be. I mean, may, I mean, maybe that maybe that could be why it was announced. Uh, yeah. Never know, never know. Yeah, uh, Harrison Ford watch starts now. <laughs> when are we gonna see him? Who knows. <laughs> Uh, Kali Frederick saying, have you guys talked about the rumors of a Silver Surfer special presentation? I don't even know that exists, but I think it'd be perfect. I'd heard rumors. It's, it's only like unsubstantiated rumors that like he'll get one of those like Guardians special presentation one shots. I mean, he's he's pretty set up for one. Yeah, I think you could tell a really good Silver Surfer story in like, you know, the span of one of those special presentations. Yeah, the problem with the Silver Surfer, though, is that he comes with the Galactus baggage. And I feel, mm. feel like Galactus is like his own like phase villain. Yeah, that's so true. So if you tease him now, people are going to expect him soon, you know? <laughs> If you did it, it would be more of a Norrin Rad movie, like make it his origin story and it literally ends. The final shot is just like the big hand of Galactus. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to do something like that. But then again, I, I don't think like people would be interested in that because they'd be like, okay, yeah, Silver Surfer, that means Galactus has to show up. You feel uh, like 90% of it is just Norrin Rad and his family and then they get obliterated. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's not a very interesting movie. No. Or you do it, like, way later in the timeline. It's like, okay, here's a Silver Surfer who maybe is trying to run away from Galactus, and you imply his existence but never actually see him. Mm -hmm. Have him be like, oh, I'm the Silver Surfer. I'm this most powerful being in the universe, and I'm running from something. I'm afraid of something. Mm -hmm. 
Eh, it's an idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do got some comic news here too. The Flash One Minute War is the next big Flash event mm-hmm. storyline. You've been keeping up with Flash, Matt. What's uh, what's One Minute War all about? Uh, it's literally like what it sounds like. There's like a war that takes place over a minute because of love it. speed time and all that shit. So it's basically like uh like <clears throat> Sonic time in some of the best episodes of Justice League Flash where he gets trapped going too fast. Kinda, yeah, yeah. I've always loved those Flash stories. Those are always some of my favorites. Mm, mm. And the fact that they're kind of building an event out of it is pretty cool. Is this just a storyline, or will this be, you know, uh, crossing over with other stuff? I think this is just in in the Flash book. One minute. Uh, is it? Yeah, I think it's just in the Flash book, as far as I know. Okay, because the way they were selling it, they were selling it to me like, oh, it's the next big event, which is a shame, too, because, like, outside Flashpoint, when was the last time Flash got to headline an event? Yeah, that's that's very true. I I guess like it's an event within like the book itself. Like it's the new right. Flash event. Yeah, you know. Mm. <clears throat> uh, moving on from there, uh, Normie Osborne is going to be <clears throat> back again as the Red Goblin for a special dark web tie-in. Normie Osborne. Normie Osborne. That is his name. He is Normie Osborne. It'll be interesting to see because you know what's going on with Normie right now. Because I guess his dad Harry is dead. Mm-hmm. I guess he's living with uh, what is it? His wife who is fucking around with the symbiotes over in the Venom book, and his granddad. Who oh yeah, well we did see him with his granddad who is good now in the Spider-Man book. He was like babysitting the kids for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Also, is this Red Goblin going to be good or evil? Mm, i mean he's red and red's usually mm. an evil color you know and they were kind of like writing him that he was already like a bit of a psychopath before all of this at least kate's was i don't think anyone else ever picked up on that <laughs> they had a whole issue with him and dylan brock dylan who like aged like eight goddamn years in between issues <laughs> <laughs> where it's like oh they were like riffing on the good son and he was like the Haley joel osmond kid okay okay and that was fun for like a minute but I think they kind of want him to be like maybe a new Carnage-esque anti-hero. I can only assume this is building up to that whole Summer of Symbiotes event that's coming in 2023. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, the Summer of Symbiotes is coming soon. It's like the Summer of George. <laughs> Get ready. That also means I'm going to have to go back and catch up on Venom, and maybe now I can because Judgment Day is over. Yeah, huh. And uh, speaking of dark web, another big dark web tie-in, because, oh, yeah, they're really using this series as a launching pad for a bunch of new shit. Are you ready for the brand-new anti-villainous here? I have no idea what she's supposed to be, but her name is Hollow's Eve. (laughs) And she's got, like, a pumpkin-themed costume. Oh, God. (laughs) And she's going to be a whole big new thing. The most interesting thing about Hollow's Eve is... uh, what is it? Uh, <clears throat> one of our uh, friends of the show there, uh, creator of Hack Slash and uh, many other things. Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley. Yeah, yeah, Tim Seeley. Apparently, he had tried to pitch a different Hallow's Eve thing <laughs> to Marvel, and they shot it down. This is like the second thing. Wasn't he doing that fucking Blade book as well? Yes, he was. Blade's daughter. And, they, and they they're shot... bringing that back now as well. They're just fucking taking the man's ideas. All of his ideas and like just not giving him creative control. Fuck. He wrote about it on Twitter in kind of like, a, <clears throat> hey, you know, them's the breaks. That's, you know, how, you know, the comic industry works sometimes. He showed his sketch. His sketch is much better. Yeah, yeah. Yes, his sketch is way better. 
you know, thank God that the man, you know, has, you know, th that he's such a professional and he's so respectable and everything. Because if they stole my idea, I'd never shut the fuck up. About I'd, I'd it. say like two is kind of a coincidence, but if it happens again, if some, if like some other creation he's made that they passed on and then suddenly in a couple of years gets like brought back, you know, I'd be like, okay, you know, you know, fun's over. I'm it's time to sue. <laughs> yeah, his uh, his Hollow's Eve is actually really awesome. Uh, the one he did. Uh, again, you can find if you search Tim Seeley Hollow's Eve, it'll take you directly to the tweet. It's cool. She's got like this kind of like scarecrow rope around the neck thing with orange and black and a white hood. It's really solid. Nice, nice. Like, like here, I'll read the actual tweet just to show you how stuff works. Sometimes here's a character I designed for a pitch I was working on earlier this summer named Hollow's, only with an apostrophe s Eve, and a brand new Marvel series announced at New York Comic Con called Hollow's Eve no apostrophe no one uh stole from anybody sometimes ideas are just up in the air mm, i don't know man this is really like really specific this isn't the first time marvel has done this you know yeah i mean i think the blade's daughter thing was more like they took a project away from him and now they're bringing yeah. it back because you know they feel that you know like attitudes have changed about it because people had a couple years to think about it and be like geez why did we shout down that idea that was a bad idea that's true that's true Oh, hey, as I'm on Twitter right now to look at this, uh, 27 minutes ago, uh, DC's Pride Anthology from 2021 actually won the Ringo Award for Best Anthology. Oh, nice. That's cool. It's a very good collection. Both of those Pride books were really solid collections yeah. and really great showcases for talent. I'm glad it won an award. So yeah. there you go. There's some Ringo news in there for you, everyone. <laughs> All right, and with that, we're officially done all the news. We officially covered everything. Oh, boy, was that a lot. That was a lot of news, yeah. That was a lot. With that, we can hop over into what we read this week. There wasn't a lot that came out this week, but what did come out was pretty big and impactful. It was, it was. All right, where where would we like to start, Matt? Uh, well, let's start with uh, Judgment Day. The end of Judgment yes. Day. Yes, the big finale, though I think we're getting an Omega issue after this, but still, this yes. is, for all intents and purposes, the end of the story. And I gotta say, I think they actually, uh, you know, stuck the landing on this one. They did. I know a lot of people weren't very happy with the ending, just because, from what I've seen, it's because people were expecting, like, oh, all the world's heroes will get together and punch mm -hmm. the big bad guy, and that doesn't actually happen, which is really no. fucking cool. Yeah, it was never that sort of story. In no. fact, you know, you get to see the heroes under pressure, Iron Man especially, where he's like, shit, we got to find a third way out of this problem. We actually can't punch it. That's like part of the thing that ups the ante. Yeah, and it, it, it was literally like one of the running themes in the story, like the progenitor, especially with like characters like Jean Grey, where like the progenitor is like, oh, she always resorts to violence and bullying people. And here she did exactly that. And it almost cost them the world. Yeah, this is also the first event in, like, forever where I think, oh my god, every tie-in was actually important. <clears throat> yeah, well, except for the fucking Wolverine and... Ec well, I don't know what the fuck just Benjamin Percy was doing there, but yeah. Every tie-in written by Gillen was important. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was, yeah. Which yeah. is still, like, 18 tie-ins. Yeah, and that and, like, X-Men Red as well. Oh yeah, very much X-Men Red. Yeah. But yeah, they, they win the day, essentially, the heroes in this story, by changing their tactics and throwing themselves on the mercy of the rest of the world for their own judgment. I had forgotten because we were this late in the story. I'm like, oh yeah, no one has actually revealed yet the secrets to how the Eternals can live forever. Yeah, that that, that was the one thing that made Cersei uh, fail her test because mm -hmm. she 
she kept that she she kept that lie going and i like that here that that she gets that moment where it's like oh we can't us eternals can't change well i'm gonna fucking show you and yeah. and, and tells everyone and it ends with her dying and probably dying permanently as well Yes, I know, right? That that's the other funny thing about this issue is that it's an issue that like in a story that doesn't really sugarcoat things where it's like, yeah, if the world was to be judged tomorrow, we would probably lose because mm-hmm. we do suck. Yeah. It's very it's very that last Planet of the Apes trilogy where it's like, why are we all going to die because we suck? Like, yes, in the last couple minutes we would try and some of us would be heroes unto ourselves, but it still wouldn't be enough. Yeah, Steve gets that great moment with Jada where he, where he's like, yeah, the world is like quite shitty, but you never know. You never know. It's like the world is shitty, but good stuff still happens here sometimes in spite of that. Yeah. It's a very nice moment. Also, hey, Steve is the first human to be resurrected via mutant resurrection mm-hmm. protocols, and they kind of breeze right past that. But I bet you that's going to be important later. Like, yeah, well, like, like a cons- the cons- Cohen conspiracy. Alex Jones in me mm-hmm. wants to like think, oh, Xavier fucking did something to him. Put to some- him, yeah. Put something fucking in his mind to be able to control him if they ever need to. If they get to into a- a another fucking war with the Avengers or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. to make him a sleeper agent later. Also, yeah. too. Where, where did they get the backup? Because they make a big point of being yes, like, oh, you know, yes. Cerebro keeps all the backups, but only for mutants. Where did they keep his back? Where, where did you get it from? Where? Yeah. yeah where? Have, you've been taking these these humans' engrams, you know, yeah. unwillingly against their will. You know, there's a, there's a lot of hanging threads here that I hope Gillen picks up on, either in a Mortal X-Men or somewhere else. Like the idea too, where it's like, oh, Sinister was never judged. Yeah, that was like a running. I I kind of think that should just be left as a joke. Yeah, like I like that where he like throughout the last couple of issues, he's just like, like why aren't I being judged? Like he's so like obsessed Upset with obsessed that he he's he doesn't get judged where everyone else does. And we do know that uh, what is it? The next big X Men event uh, is going to be sins of sinister. So I wonder if he's going to have a big aha moment to be like, yeah. And God didn't judge me because yeah, maybe that leads to it. Like he's realized like, Hey, God didn't judge me for what I've done so far. So maybe he won't judge me for what I do next. (laughs) Why should I stop? Yeah. Uh, a cowboy helping us out there in the chat matt how would you rank gotham knight versus the batman and arkham games off subject did you guys watch gotham or pennyworth uh we watched one episode of pennyworth and matt watched a couple more yeah i I did watch a couple you should definitely keep up with it it's so fucking good it's violent as fuck yeah from what i understand man epic's not and they're they're like you know every other word is fuck and shit and (laughs) you know oh my god it's really great quite great and they they kill characters you don't expect to be killed it's definitely not the show i thought it was uh i i watched like two seasons of gotham waiting for it to get good and it was just kind of infuriating i know apparently by the end if you're willing to take the ride it went like full like silly big brain like oh my god what are they gonna do next yeah yeah and as far as gotham knight versus the batman arkham games uh watch the beginning of the show because matt and i actually do go into that yeah it's just it's a seven out of ten game yeah yeah it's a pretty seven (laughs) yeah but yeah, uh, the other big thing that came about because of Judgment Day is the mutants were forced to share their healings or their resurrection stuff with the rest of the world. And Jean Grey starts the Phoenix Institute. Phoenix Foundation. Oh, was it? Why did I think it was an institute? Well, either way. Yeah, yeah. And I like that she makes the distinction that this isn't Krakoa doing it. It's the X-Men doing it. 
Yes, yes, it's it's divorced from the often crooked Krakoan council. Yeah, yeah, and uh, how they managed to somehow get the five to work with them is, uh, well, I guess, like, it's the whole thing, what Scott says, was, like, who well, who could object to, like, helping a a poor, impoverished, sick, sick child, you know, you'd have to be a fucking monster. Yeah, and it's only 5%. They're like, we're still dedicated to our 10-year plan of resurrecting all the dead mutants, but we're going to actually take a page, I guess, out of Magneto's book in X-Men Red, where they talked mm -hmm. about the whole, you know, we should be allying ourselves with other oppressed people all over the world. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I yeah, again, like, I, it, it was a great use of um the, the line that uh, Ewing wrote for, I think it was Sync, uh, j just before, like, the newest run of X-Men started, where it's like the X-Men are there to help everyone in any way they can. And yeah. it was a great sort of, like, that's like the mantra of the X-Men going forward. Definitely. Bland boy helping us out. Interviewer, sir, are you excited to be playing General Ross in the Thunderbolts <clears throat> movie? Harrison Ford, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. I'm sure that's how it went. Money, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh, Kali back again, helping us out. Have either of you guys read 8 Billion Genies? Also, do you think recent Black Hat and Spider-Man relationship will go anywhere? Uh, I haven't read 8 Billion Genies, but I have heard of it, though. I have not heard of it. Again, because how do you not remember a title like 8 Billion Genies? Yeah, yeah. And as far as Black Hat and Spider-Man goes, do any of his relationships last or no, go anywhere? No, they don't, which is why I don't understand why people get so uppity about his relationships. I know. I've given up hope completely about his relationships. What happens, happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk more about Spider-Man in a minute, too. Also, too, you know, speaking of Magneto on the Magneto bent, he died and stayed dead. Yeah, that, again, that's, like, something very surprising. I imagine he's he's got to come back in some way. Like, Xavier will reveal he'll have, like, an emergency backup that was, like, backup. offline, you know, on cloud storage somewhere. Theory time, Matt, and you can tell me if you think I'm talking out my ass or not on this one. So there'd been a lot of talk there for a while about what they were going to do with Xavier and Magneto when it comes to the new movie. Yep. And the talk is that maybe they wanted to go with some colorblind casting, maybe the idea of having a guy be a World War II Holocaust survivor would be a little weird in 2022 because he would be ancient and yeah, everything yeah. and they need to cast, you know, someone younger who can do multiple movies. My theory is they're going to actually keep Magneto dead for a little bit and when they do resurrect him, it'll be more in line with whatever they decide they're going to do for the movie. I could see that. The one thing I'm thinking of is that they're going to resurrect him, not not specifically straight away, They'll resurrect him, but because it'll be an old like version, mm. he'll be a villain again, and he'll ah. he'll be something. He'll be like the the catalyst that somehow fucks up Krakoa. Interesting, just like he'll he be... did with Genosha. Oh, I like that. He'll be the old timey Magneto, yeah. not like the new, more nuanced. I've yeah. lived a whole life and seen some shit, man. I'm the no kill them all, let God sort them out one. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. That's a good way to set him back to be like, yep, I'm the Magneto you remember, but I don't remember anything I learned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a pretty okay way to reset shit. Yeah. Also, Orchis got involved at the end here. They were defending Earth, and because people hate Eternals now as much as they hate mutants, it's implied that Orchis walked away from this stronger than anyone else. There's people with this, like, kids with, like, Orchis shirts and, like, Nimrod, like, boys. Yeah, I, I mean, that kind of makes sense, because they're like, okay, the mutants are, like, down for the count. Let's step in and make them look even mm. bad by, like, taking their place and, like, mm. doing it better sort of thing. Makes total sense. 
real solid writing too and it also reminded me it's like yeah they're run by robots what does a robot care about being judged what does a robot care about the afterlife exactly it's so beautiful i would have loved if like the celestial had come to omega sentinel and omega sentinel's like bitch yeah I didn't <laughs> i'm my fuck. own i am my own god i am a living machine yeah yeah my very existence and singularity disproves most of your bullshit. <laughs> Do I have a soul? You tell me. My silicon soul. <laughs> See there, I just wrote the next big event for you there, Kieran Gillen. There's my pitch for you. <laughs> Judgment Day 2, robots as well. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Judgment Day, I, I thought, actually ended quite strong. Very interesting event. Very different than a yes. lot of the other Marvel events. And I think this one will actually be remembered very well, especially once it's collected in trade. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very, very cool event. And one of the biggest things it ends with is is uh, Ajak becoming the the new yeah. eternal god. Like the the one uh, the one devout zealot becomes the their own god, which is very fitting. Ajak Celeste. Yeah, absolutely. Like so much of her story is like, I quest for a god. I can believe in a god who is worthy of my fever and fanaticism. I find this god weak and lacking. And in doing so, I become my own god mm -hmm. who forever stands ready because every day is judgment day now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's a pretty fucking metal way to end that story. <laughs> it is. It's pretty fucking cool pretty fucking cool which i guess is just eternal start back up again is just like a solo series now well that's what i'm wondering because like uh icarus is dead cersei is mm. dead mm. uh we didn't really get much sprite or gilgamesh fastos no. is still alive so like they're, yeah. they're all kind of like in nebulous places so i could see it starting back up but you'd have to get like newer uh yeah, eternals I so. and i guess that, that would be a good chance to bring in some new characters new eternal characters blood. yeah would be a great Uranus is still alive which i thought was yes. super interesting I, th I thought he was it, gonna be the big bad of this series <clears throat> and he ended up not being yeah uranus is still alive and uh the eternals gifted him for one hour to the to the mutants which is like it's like a chekhov's fucking doomsday weapon Very they have. Much so. what yeah, the fuck are they gonna moment. do with that <laughs> yeah at any moment we could let this guy hey maybe that's how they do it hey uranus we're gonna throw you at the uh friggin orcha space station <laughs> I, that, that'd actually be pretty fucking cool yeah here's an angry but, space god for all yeah. you shitty robots and as well what comes with him is that if he dies the earth dies as well yeah, I guess yes, because he he well he said he booby trapped it to his brothers. We don't know if he was lying or not. I'm pretty sure he did. I don't. Uh, I, Uranus is pegged as like a guy who won't. He does. He won't use deception. That's something Drug yeah. would use. Very much so. Yeah, and Drug is his cellmate now, which is hilarious. Yes, he's his bottom now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get the bottom bunk now, Drug. <laughs> I I love that. That's like the cosmic superhero version of that. I'm like, oh, that's definitely what they're implying here. I've been alone for a, th a thousand thousand years in this cage. <laughs> Who wants some toilet wine? He's blue, so you can't tell his balls are blue. You know? <laughs> no, you really can't. You know, I wasn't always like this when I came in here. <laughs> oh, no. Drew, how'd I get in myself into this situation? <laughs> oh, my actions, that's how. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, now, that was the big Marvel book this week. We had a big DC book this week, too, because Action Comics was back again. Yes, with Kello Returns Part 3. Yes, the continuation. Man, you know, after how big 
friggin war world saga was i i think you and i were both pretty confident like yeah you know we're gonna slow things down a little bit we're gonna be going back to earth having more classic superman stories fighting metallo no philip kennedy johnson says that was a swerve yeah he's building up to whatever is coming in uh action comics 1050 which he hasn't revealed yet uh, but apparently it's going to be something very big, which which causes all these other books to change as well. But um, yeah, fucking the new gods and Metron show up because releasing the fire of Olgren is like a fucking crisis level event. Yeah, to them, which I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. They're the new gods. They live in fear of the old gods, of which Olgren was they're, the most powerful. They're the fourth world, and Olgren is from the first world. Yeah, so it makes sense that he's like their boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, his power was only matched by his madness, and we fear Superman that that madness might take you. And it's like, what? No, what? I I'm Superman. No, I, I used it to save a life. I saved that kid over there. Ah, then give us the kid. Yeah, give us the kid. He's, he's got the fire of Olgren. It's like, the, it's like the fucking one ring over here. They're all going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, even Orion, who's normally shown to be, like, a pretty chill dude, at least as far as, like, new gods go, even he's out of his friggin' mind. Yeah, he's all panicky and everything, yeah. Which, hey, you know, we talked about before about how, like, Superman has only fought Black Adam, like, twice. Why aren't people more interested in Superman versus Orion? Because he's fought him, like, a dozen times. Yeah, well, Orion's kind of, like, a, a very niche character. I guess so thematically they make way more sense don't they because it's mm -hmm. like hey you were raised by a different world i was raised by a different world in fact superman calls him out on his hypocrisy being like seriously orion dude you want to steal this kid from his new home and the only family he's ever known when literally that was done to you yeah yeah it's like what, what are you doing mate yeah you've completely but lost it your helmet's going getting a bit too tight around your face you know for real and then Philip Kenny Johnson does the best, smartest, most clever thing where I like literally fist pumped. I thought this was so smart. Superman basically has a nom flashback to his dad, Mr. Oz, yes. taking John away from him. Yeah, he doesn't want that happening again. And yeah, yeah hi history will not repeat itself. I did nothing in that story. I stood by because Ben just wrote me like a fucking idiot. And because that story existed to serve a purpose. <laughs> Superman says no more, no more wormhole shenanigans. Not while I'm around. Yeah. Kevia, we've told you this, I don't know how many times, but John Kent is not getting de-aged. So just not happening. You know, you don't need to keep bringing it up. Shit, if anything, the fact that there are two new twins, two yes. new adopted kids... Proves it won't happen. ...further proves that that's not... That says uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson had plans for Superman as a dad and Lois as a mother, and they're going to tell him with the twins now. Yeah, so just get over it. You'll be a lot happier if you did. Yes, really. Well, one must learn to move on. <laughs> But yeah, so re really solid story. Was not expecting them to use the new gods the way they mm. are, and I yeah. genuinely kind of love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool seeing Calabac <laughs> and all of these guys. Like the fucking Bibbo uh, getting yes, into a oh getting ready to fucking suck Calabac in the face. Love that, and him being like, "I don't know what you guys are doing here, but if you don't pay the twenty two yeah. fifty, I, I like that. That it's not just because they were like aliens or anything. It's because they got into the zoo free." <laughs> yeah they did they broke the rules yeah the rules yeah. are important yeah it's great i like i like that they used bimbo in this as, as like the as like osal and othal's like first like human experience absolutely so we're gonna Look. we're gonna like bimbo deal with it the most like pure kind-hearted guy human. ever he's gonna give him ice cream and like tell him absolutely. about lions and make him it's like great. talk about lions 
it's beautiful where it's like, look, you know, we need to show these kids the beauty and worth of humanity because they might very well be asked to defend them one day or will be hated and feared by that humanity. So we need to show them the best parts of humanity. Yeah, yeah. That, that we are worth saving and we don't all suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bibbo. Thanks just for being pure and good. <laughs> we love you for it. But yeah, that's a super strong story. Uh, again, to think we're in a time, you know, when action comics is like arguably like the best it's been in a long time. It's so fucking good. Superman books in general, and we know it's only going to be even more so because we got the Joshua Williamson book, <clears throat> we got the Adventures of Superman coming back. It's just a great time for Superman books. <laughs> it really is. Uh, what else did we have this week? Oh, I had Amazing Spider-Man number twelve. Tell me about that. Uh, so we got more uh, more hobgoblins. <laughs> okay. More hobgoblins and an incredibly deep cut on Zeb Wells's part. It, they bring back the Winkler machine. They they keep saying it's going to be the summer of symbiotes, but really it's the summer of goblins, it sounds like. It, it really is. You know, you're not wrong about that at all. Do you know what the Winkler machine is, Matt? No, I don't. Does it make people Henry Winkler? <laughs> I wish. That would be an oh, amazing Oh, fuck. Story. That reminds me. No, no one really talked about this, but in uh, Black Adam, the original Adam Smasher is Henry Winkler. Oh, really like yeah like he appears because like the adam smasher in the film is like his grandson oh, or something and he appears funny. and he's the one who gives him like the suit and everything oh that's wild well yeah. i remember appar apparently hearing that the script actually had star girl in it at some point oh yeah that makes sense out. that makes sense yeah that's fucking wild okay well now i gotta see the movie <laughs> that's what they should have led with forget everything yeah he should have been he, you know fuck superman at the end of the film put henry winkler there yeah the goddamn fawns is fucking adam smasher man <laughs> i'm all about that but yeah the uh, the winkler machine is an incredible deep cut from spider-man lore basically dr winkler was an evil scientist that kingpin hired to build him a brainwashing machine <clears throat> so like every time a spider-man character got brainwashed which happened like all the fucking time back in like the late 80s early 90s it was the winkler machine okay it was the winkler machine that originally tricked ned Leeds into thinking he was the hobgoblin okay and so they've dug that back out again because apparently i guess uh goddamn the original hobgoblin uh roderick kingsley is getting nostalgic so he's putting ned back in it but like ned's fighting against it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is making them all weird and unstable and everything and it ends with peter having to fight two hobgoblins at once which is an idea they've done like two other times before yeah yeah jesus it's it's fine but it also feels a little repetitive and like i'm kind of like geez this book's gonna lose its momentum too because we're gonna be doing dark web like right after this <laughs> that's my problem with this book it feels like every time it gets any bit of momentum going it just gets stopped <laughs> it's a real bummer uh bb metalhead helping us out again thank you bb speaking of new gods does anyone notice the credit to jack kirby and the fourth world at the end credits of black adam what was that about huh well, Matt, you saw the movie. I didn't. You tell me. Uh, I don't really know. I guess maybe what was the fucking... The not vibranium metal, the Ethereum or whatever the fuck it was called. Maybe that mm. was accredited to him, maybe? Again, yeah, that's the thing. He's a dude who created so freaking yeah, much. Yeah, it could just be one little thing. Yeah, exactly. He created so far. Did he create Sabak? Is that a Jack Kirby creation? Uh, are they implying... Did he have a hand in creating that version of Hawkman? Quite possibly. I don't know. Huh. Although in that in the I mean that version of Carter Hall, they're not really 
they play very coy with whether he's an alien or a mm. reincarnated. Although in saying that, they're both exactly the same person now in the comics. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> also, that's another thing. Apparently, the movie doesn't do it. Doesn't actually bring Black Adam and uh, Hawkman together over the fact that they're technically both from Egypt. No, it doesn't. It's the most obvious fucking thing, and they completely disregard it. Oh, you can tell that that's a freaking movie they wrote 15 years ago and did nothing else. Because if you brought that up now to people, they would be jumping at the opportunity yeah. to make that connection. Yeah, holy shit. It's like, oh, yeah, we fought him back in fucking yes. 684 AD or something. I remember you. Uh, oh, was Intergang in the movie? Did he mm. create... Oh, Ker- oh, Kirby created Intergang, of course. Yeah, they were, they were the, like the second big bad guys, yeah. Oh, I fucking love Intragang, but I'm guessing I probably wouldn't like how they were done in the movie. <laughs> They're literally like faceless goons who ride like oh, hover bikes. Yeah, that's a shit. There's no the, to me, to my knowledge, there's no like like set leader. They're all like in service of some bike. There's no Bruno Mannheim or Crime oh. Bible or anything. Yeah. See, that's such a missed opportunity. <clears throat> Intragang could be so cool in one of these things, but they never let them be that cool. No, they're like they're like a paramilitary company who like runs Kanda. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? But why do they have gang in their name? Shut up, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Like, they literally could have been anyone. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. But they just threw the name Intergang on there because... Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, kind of disappointing because they played their hand way too early. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, like, I could have freaking called that twist, and I did. And I was disappointed to be right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I had I had one more book this week. What about you? Uh I had two more. All right, let's hear them. Uh I had Iron Man issue twenty four, the penultimate oh, yeah. issue of yeah. uh, Christopher Campbell's run and final issue of this source control story. Yeah, it's ticking down. You're saying, which means I might have to actually go back and revisit. <laughs> yeah. So t- Tony and Rhodey and some of his friends have been gathered. Uh, to they've gone undercover as arms dealers to buy up all of Source Control's weapons because they sell. Uh, literal doomsday weapons like brood eggs and the the Ooh. ten rings of the mandarin which is what tony oh, wants to get man. and uh he tries to buy them we find out like source controls run by spy master and oh, um he's he's got like titanium man working for him and um, another nice pull uh cobalt man showed up in the last issue with the ten rings because <laughs> he bought the ten rings um, and so this issue was Tony fighting Cobalt Man and everything, but Cobalt Man suddenly turns on Spymaster and, like, zaps them away with, like, the rings. Mm. And as soon as we find out Cobalt Man isn't actually Cobalt Man, Cobalt Man is Riri Williams. <laughs> That's actually super awesome. <laughs> and we find out that Riri was actually investigating uh, Source Control as well and doing exactly what Tony was doing and buying mm-hmm. up all of their, their tools. And... Um, she's kind of pissed that tony didn't come to her for help um in doing this um because she would have obviously helped him um and we find out that she doesn't actually want to like because tony wants to destroy the rings he wants to destroy all these weapons but she she doesn't want to destroy the rings because she knows they can be used in other ways other than a weapon because right. like she is like extensively studied all of the rings she knows them she she quizzes iron man i'm like okay so what does this one do what does this one do and he doesn't know he just knows oh bring bad because mandarin used them obviously and, and a lot of the issue is them sort of arguing over like okay well like how can we work this out because riri wants to keep the rings and use them to help contribute mm. to like scientific research and 
everything where Tony wants to destroy them. And they get into like a, a real fight of like Tony not being able to like really work with people all that well, or he, he uses them as, as tools. They're not like mm. colleagues. He sees them as just like a tool in his toolbox, right. which fits in well with the story. Cause um, I think I told you that like force got involved in this as well. Yes. He, holy shit. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. He, he, in the last issue, he actually got hit by a, like a time displacement ray and got sent back a week and it led to him being uh betraying tony which was of course going to happen but he made a good point of like tony always uses the people around him as like tools because he's an engineer yeah. you know he engineers things and everything and um yeah riri gets into like a really big fight with with tony about like what to do with the rings and yeah um she ends up leaving with them and we don't really know what's going to happen with them Mm, sounds like the stage is set for a big old finale yeah well i think finale is actually going to be a like a uh one shot yeah like a one shot sort of like that's cool separate story from all of this but yeah it's been a fucking great run yeah sounds like they really gave cantwell the chance to you know play with the world and do a lot with it yeah he, he, he he we had like the big korvac art we had this arc we had Iron Man fighting evil bear grills. You know <laughs> they let him freaking uh, marry uh, Tony off too. He didn't technically marry Hellcat. Oh, did he not? Was that no? Uh, no she 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 uh, left him uh, like she didn't give him an answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. That, then there was like an annual special which like delved into like her complex relationships and strangely enough tied it into the whole mephisto thing that's going on in avengers as well oh really huh yeah but yeah no yeah the, this run has been so fucking good i sounds like it used a lot of real iron man villains too that, that's what was really fucking cool it didn't create new villains like all these other runs in the past have been doing it's just like oh we've got like titanium man and cobalt man and and stilt man and and uh Korvac, all these characters that already exist and we're going to use all of them to really great used effect in forever yeah hey where's the gray gargoyle been at there's a guy with a cool design who i don't think gets used enough he was in this oh was he really he was part of tony's um uh space warriors group with scarlet spider and frogman and all that well there you go i'm glad yeah, someone remembered he, he existed he runs a bar in new york <laughs> Oh, that's fucking... Yeah, he's got the mustache of a man who owns a bar. <laughs> uh, last thing I read this week was uh, the uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number six, the penultimate issue. Oh, I'm like two issues behind on this. Ooh, then I won't try and spoil too much of this one for you. Let's just say action <clears throat> took a backseat to like some really, really deep dives into characterization and like past trauma. And man, I think the greatest thing about these <clears throat> White Knight books is really how Sean Gordon Murphy isn't afraid to write a deeply flawed and human Bruce Wayne. Nice, nice. This is basically, this is the continuation of Bruce's apology tour and he finally gets to Dick. And we finally get to learn, like, well, why did Dick break bad the way he did? Why is he working for powers when no one else did? And it's because Dick has a kid. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Jimmy Grayson, named after the departed Jim Gordon. Oh, nice. And he says, look, Bruce, you know, it took me being a father and having a kid of my own to truly discover how fucked up and unhealthy our relationship <clears throat> was. Mm-hmm. 
and Batman's like, you're right, Dick. You know, I literally tried to live vicariously through you, the you know, the childhood I lost when my parents were killed. And I thought one day you would grow up and move on and marry Barbara and, you know, I would be done. But no, you both became heroes in your own right. And you both like, you know, redoubled your efforts to my way of life. And this weird fucked up cycle we've been doing never ended. <laughs> And the only reason I broke out of jail is because I hated the idea of the legacy of Batman hurting more people, be it you, be it Terry, be it whoever. We have to put an end to it, essentially. And then at the other end of it, you have Harley Quinn being like, no, I, I call you Bats because that's who you are. Okay. That's who you've always yeah, yeah. been, Batman. You know, yeah. you, you've never been able to reconcile these two sides of your personality. Batman gave you all the things you lost, this surrogate family, you know, this sense of love and purpose and everything. You know, Batman's not just something you can put to bed. That's why you've been having panic attacks. Yeah, okay. Because to end Batman would mean you lose everything and, you know, you wouldn't be a person anymore. It's like, wow, Murphy really <clears throat> settles on this idea where it's like the legacy of Batman could be a good, important thing for the city and for the people around him. But the legacy of Bruce Wayne is the, you know, messed up, fucked up one that he's going to have to fix. That's cool. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you know, <clears throat> most people don't really do the dichotomy that hard between Bruce <clears throat> and Batman. Where well, usually like, it's no, done no, the no. other way around. It is, isn't it? Where it's like, yeah. no, Batman makes Bruce worthwhile. And in this, he's like, no, Bruce's problems make Batman less worth it. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's very compelling shit. Can't, uh, can't wait for it to all shake out at the end. Oh, did I lose you? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I thought I, I, just, I muted my mic to cough and I forgot. To oh, mute it, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's really solid. I won't say any more about it. It's it's really good shit. Awesome, awesome. Top notch, great art too. They do more of that whole shadow bit where the people are talking, but the shadows they cast are them in their costumes. Oh, no, yeah, I like that. It's really, it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, what was the last one you had, Matt? Let's uh, do this and let's uh, <clears throat> let's take her home. <clears throat> Last one I had was Star Wars Visions issue one. Oh yes, yes, yes! It was a big week for Star Wars. We had more Andor. We had those Tales of the Jedi, and we had this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is a. At first, I thought it was just a comic adaptation of the Visions anime, but Same. it's not. It's like a uh, continuation of those stories. Oh, that's cool. The first one is about the Ronin from the first one <laughs> in the black cool and white, uh, and it's done by the guy who created him. Uh, oh, Blanking on his name. This guy who created uh, uh, Afro Samurai. Oh, yes, that guy. Yeah, okay, that makes a ton of sense now. I When I looked at that, I'm like, wow, this looks a lot like Afro Samurai. Yeah, because yeah, it is the same guy. And uh, this is, what if that Ronin met Afro Samurai? Like, literally Afro Samurai. And, oh, well, all right then. Yeah, yeah, so the, the Ronin, he's like uh, chilling out. He's like on a, uh, on a snowy planet. He's traveling with his droid. And he runs into like a blind guy who he, he literally looks like Afro Samurai, but he's blind. Or, 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 or Ninja Ninja, who was yeah. the blind ninja from Afro Samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it literally looks exactly like him. And he, he shares like a hot spring with him and they get talking. And uh, the guy, the, 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 the Afro Samurai just starts sort of alluding to his past about how he was what was called a Shogun, which is like their Jedi. Uh, and he fought in the Clone Wars, and we get to see, like, cool clones and, like, samurai armor and everything. Nice. And we start to learn a little bit more about him and how uh, he fell from a great height after being blasted by lightning. 
<laughs> and he went blind and he saw uh the father the father from the mortis arc Ooh, um, holy from shit. Clone Wars, and he told him to go to this planet where he'll find like the truth of the universe and he's been like um <clears throat> traveling the universe looking for this planet which is very hard for him because he's fucking blind naturally um uh and then like before they before they part ways the uh the uh ronin because he was ex-sith thinks that this jedi master is going to kill him because he's, mm. he's sith <clears throat> and he gets a flash of what would happen if if he did and this and the afro samurai would attack him and kill him with a purple lightsaber because this afro mm. samurai is actually mace windu no sam jackson who was the voice of the yeah. afro samurai <laughs> in the english dub no, yes, yes 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 it's, it's mace windu who survived <gasps> his encounter with palpatine and and oh, made it to this planet and um yeah, he gets this like forced vision of, of mace like killing him and and he tells his dread he's lucky he didn't like touch his blade otherwise he would he'd, he'd be dead and, and 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 mace leaves him with like the lines like okay i'm leaving now this party's over and it just like disappears into like the snow never to be seen again <laughs> that's fucking awesome yeah <laughs> that's so funny yeah i i love that like it's basically afro samurai and mace windu combined just because they were both played by samuel l jackson same guy <laughs> it's so cool it's so cool that's amazing that feels like that shouldn't be legal that feels like he I got know. away with something when he did that. it feels like because he owns the characters he's allowed to do True. that <laughs> I wonder if the real Samuel L. Jackson saw that. It's like, all right, when are we doing the sequel? When are we doing the movie? Um, I, I hope someone showed him that. Oh, you know he did. You know he's on top of all oh, of yeah. Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson. And it's like, all right, so when we're done Nick Fury, we're going to do uh, Blind Mace Windu, huh? It's going to be a six-episode <laughs> series. He can voice him in Vision Season 2 or something. <laughs> yep. My God, that's glory. Okay, see, I gotta hunt that shit down now. You, you sold me on that. You, you sold an issue yeah. of that. To oh, me. it's it's so good. And because like the guy, uh, he writes and does the art to it as well. It looks like Afro Samurai. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's ten so out of good. ten. I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the other stories are going to be. Whether they're going to continue, yeah. like the Ninth Jedi or um. Mm any of the other ones uh from that from that show because there were some really cool stories in that in that there was in that series uh tell me if we get to hear the next part of uh job of the huts uh nephew and his band his band yeah <laughs> i fucking love that one people are like this is stupid i'm like no star this wars is cool. needs more stupid shit like this <laughs> i want to see what battle of the bands in the star wars universe looks like <laughs> i want to see jabba rock it out and everything i demand it it would be hard to do in comic form because you know you couldn't really do the music but you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Ah, uh, that's great. What a great way to end the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> Ending it on a high note. So uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We hope you appreciated it. <clears throat> Lord knows Matt and I had a lot of fun. We're glad we're back. Be sure to check out our sponsor there, uh, Blacktooth Battalion. It's so freaking close it is, there. I know yes. Omari would really appreciate it. I know we would really appreciate it. Uh, got anything coming up, Matt? Anything you want to promote? Anything at all? Uh, not really. No. No, likely here too. You know, I'm just banging away at comic videos there. You know, we're nearing the end of event season, so I feel like I'm finally going to be able to catch up now. Yeah, yeah, really. I know. There's so many things. I want to go back to reading Thor. I want to go back to reading mm -hmm. Venom and all these other books that I just have not had a chance with. Hopefully now I can. Yeah, Thor's been great. Thor's been great. Yeah, so I understand. 
All righty then, everyone. So thank you so much. And uh, Matt and I will be back again next week. Comic Multiverse out, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.